welcome to the Out of the Bottle podcast in conversation with Graham Webb. This is episode one. Graham, in your autobiography, Out of the Bottle, it's evident that business is more than just work for you. It's really your passion. What makes a good entrepreneur? To be an entrepreneur, you need to be fleet of foot, be able to make quick decisions, to be determined, persistent, don't take no for an answer, believe in the product or service that you're selling or promoting, and to be reliable. Well, that certainly makes sense, being able to count on an entrepreneur is, uh, of course, key. Well, I think reliability is something that's very much lacking with people we deal with every day. You don't have to think very hard to think of when somebody actually let you down or didn't deliver when they said they were going to. And I think that uh, when all is said and done, often is more said than done. And I think if you can actually deliver what you say you're going to do, that's the first step. And also some things I believe in uh, with all the um, unhappy messages that business has often given out through the different scandals. Um, I think honesty, integrity, love, definitely family, determination. And uh, I remember that when I was a head choir boy in church many years ago, uh, I had a, a ribbon that I would wear over my cassock and surplice, you know, that you wear in a church. And on the end of the ribbon, it said, perseverance. And I guess I noticed that and carried that word with me along the journey of my business career. What was the catalyst to start your first hair salon? Did you have a detailed plan? See, the problem is my, my, my thing all grew out of panic. I mean, you come out of business school and college and you're already like primed for business. Um, but I didn't come that way at all. I, I you know, dropped out of school um, uh, managed to get a job in an industry that I didn't want to be in and um, and you know the whole thing was based on panic rather than a strategic plan. I stepped on the platform of, uh, of a career and could see that there was potential for me and the company as I went along the track. Um, I can't quantify what it is that gives you that spirit but it definitely began with panic. But the sense in reading your book is, well, it, it just seems like you're having such a good time, even through the ups and downs of your career. You have the odd little adventure, you know, like stepping on a button or something, and it, it springs you to the next step, and it makes you smile. It, it, it gives you some joy that you uh, feel like you've done something fun or moving forward. And I always used to say to my staff that it's about fun and profit. Uh, if you've got the fun there and you're enjoying it, it amazingly does often lead to profit. And I've found in retrospect that, uh, as my friend Dom Famolaro says in his book, some people make waves, some people ride the waves, and I guess some people spend all their time just looking at the beach. Graham, in the course of your travels and interactions with different business circles, you've met some interesting and influential speakers and thinkers. Do you have any favorite sayings? Yeah, well, I've already mentioned uh, Dom Famolaro's book, The uh, Cycle of Self-Empowerment, but I, I, Zig Ziglar is somebody that I heard speak at some time, and I, book, I bought his book, See You at the Top. And um, 
There's a few uh, humorous things in there that I picked up on. Um, almost is no fun. And I also like um, sometimes all it takes in business is a minor adjustment in order to achieve major success. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's uh, hear an excerpt from the first chapter of your book, Out of the Bottle. I'm the name on the bottle. That's why I'm here. Hello, I'm Graham Webb, I say. Four million women think of me in the shower every morning. And now with my autobiography, apparently they take me to bed with them too. In the competitive beauty industry, I'm a living and breathing marketing tool for the line of hair care products that bear my name. And some of the finest hairdressers in the world today come from one of the four Graham Webb Academies in America and one in England. I didn't know it at the time, but I've worked most of my life to give my name a value, to turn it into an entity that identifies something bigger than just me, enough so that I became a commodity myself. First for an American entrepreneur who dreamed bigger dreams than me, and then for Weller, a German multinational company now owned by Procter & Gamble. I've gone from a 22-year-old barber who opened a two-chair operation in an empty flower shop in London to a cog in a worldwide marketing campaign of a multi-billion dollar hair care product industry. Like Colonel Sanders and his Kentucky Fried Chicken. Except there isn't a Colonel Sanders anymore, but there is a Graham Webb, the guy whose name might just be on the shampoo bottle in your shower. I no longer own any of the product line named after me, and I'm not quite so involved in developing the gels, sprays and fragrances that get marketed under my name. I don't personally teach students how to cut hair at the academies named after me either. I have, in many respects, managed to scale down my role in my own success story, and it's a story that I've kept secret, out of necessity for most of my professional life. In a glamorous business, image means everything. Hairdressers are supposed to be chic, confident people who aren't afraid to strut their stuff, as Americans like to say. I grew up as an only child with poor self-esteem in a government-subsidised flat in South London. I was born with an undiagnosed form of spina bifida, a birth defect that left me incontinent and with what doctors simply declared as a case of funny feet. My childhood was neither funny nor glamorous and becoming an apprentice hairdresser at the age of 15 was the only job I could find after dropping out of school that was glad to see me leave. That's how I got into this glitzy line of work because nothing else was available to me because nobody else would have me. People today, especially back in England, refer to me as a hairdresser still. It's probably because I still have a chain of salons there in my name, as well as a hairdressing academy in Greenwich. But you won't find me there, staring into a mirror, standing behind a client with a pair of scissors or a blow dryer in my hand. The truth is I haven't cut a head of hair since 1978 and I never enjoyed it all that much when it was all I could do. 
Becoming a sales or marketing executive was what I wanted to do. So I do get a little embarrassed and irritated when people stop me on the street and ask me what they should do with their hair. You're asking the wrong person, I want to tell them. When I hear Graham Webb hairdresser, it kind of makes me want to explain myself better. Yet it's the title that many people give me. I suppose I could correct them and say that I'm an entrepreneur and hair just happens to be the commodity. And I might even disabuse them of their misconceptions about that black canvas bag. The one with my name on it. The one I've carried around with me all these years wherever I go. It's not full of hair cutting equipment, no. Until a few years ago, it was where I put my wet nappies, diapers to Americans, before I could find a place to secretly throw them away. And today, it's where I keep my catheters, the ones I administer to myself five times a day. But that doesn't cut the glamorous image that's expected. Why are you writing a book, one of my long-time English friends asked me recently. I've had an interesting life, I said cryptically. And now, for the first time, I feel I can talk about it. There's nothing I need or want to hide anymore. So this is a memoir, my friend asked. Isn't that something you do when you're an old man? He was confused why a man in his mid-fifties would feel the need to sum up his life when there was still potentially time to do so many more things. And there is. My four children are launching their own careers and my wife, Mandy, and I, partners in life for more than 30 years, have both the time and the money to begin other adventures. Who knows? We may but there's a part of me that wants to look back over my shoulder to stop at the crossroads I've reached and assess both the stumbles and leaps that I've made in my life. Some people might find my story inspirational or motivating, although that's not my only purpose. I've had some medical challenges and some people might see my story as anecdotal evidence that handicaps are as much a state of one's mind as of one's body. In a way, I'm fortunate that my condition is relatively mild compared to the many more severe challenges I might have faced with a more disabling form of spina bifida. And if you're expecting a primer for business executives, don't expect me to issue any top 10 lists of surefire steps to success or tips on how to turn a modest sum into a fortune in 60 days. I don't have magic formulas, but I do believe in a kind of magic. A magic of chance and opportunity that worked for me in ways I never imagined. And it's left me with a story to tell. The story of my accidental journey that I've kept bottled up all these years and is now beginning to be told. For more information on purchasing Out of the Bottle, visit www.gramweb.co.uk. Profits from book sales go to a variety of charities, including Spina Bifida. With the Out of the Bottle podcast, join the conversation with Graham Webb. He reads excerpts from the book and discusses his experiences in life and in business.